Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how the Bible, Holy Spirit, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. God is good. And family is the greatest gift. I'm going to start preaching about that. I got to stop. I haven't been here since October 1st. And every time I come, I'm trying to fit 90 weeks, even though that doesn't make sense, into 29 minutes and 56 seconds. So I get the greatest complaint I get, which is not bad, is that you speak too fast. And I say, you hear too slow. <laughs> so I'll try, but I'm going to ask you to try too. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this incredible church, Lord God. We thank you for the leadership that has laid the foundation for this church, Lord God, that we have the privilege to preach the word of God in this incredible city that you've placed us in for such a time as this, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you put every person in these seats, that you knew they would be here today, that you knew that they would come to Springs Church on this day for this season in this nation, Lord God. So we thank you in advance. We lay what we have in our minds aside and we come with a heart that is expecting. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us, guide us, to lead my voice, lead my mind, my thoughts, to be able to, to, to yield to you, Holy Spirit, to allow you to work in the hearts and minds of each and every one of us, myself included, Lord. Lord, we pray right now for every nation, in this, every leader in this nation, Lord God, that they would become leaders after your own heart, Lord God, that they would produce laws that, that allow us to have freedom in this nation of Canada, Lord. We pray for every single leader that has influence on this nation and our families and our children and our future. And we give it to you, Lord. Lastly, Lord, we pray for the building of the future of what we're doing here at Springs Church to build this school. Lord, we ask that you guide us, help us, lead us, and put our hearts forward into what we need to do to continue to build that school, to give generously and to to do it debt-free. In your name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Awesome. Today's message is a thought, actually not a thought. It's, in my experience, the mo- one of the most destructive things that we do, that I do, that when we go through life and we go through anything, the way we go through it and the way we reflect on it is often the most destructive thing to your faith that you can do. And I'm going to share with you a few concepts, a few things. And, and, I, and I find whenever I'm preaching or whenever I'm getting my thoughts together on the word, I'm asking Holy Spirit, what do you want? Where are you going? And sometimes it just seems like this thing just keeps coming back, going, focus on this, focus on this, focus on this. But I get all excited about these books and things that I'm reading, and I just keep coming back to typically one thought. And so my mind goes, there's so many other things I'd love to preach on. But I keep coming back to almost this thought all the time. You know, when I, one of my founding verses, as I remember I was sitting over here as a 15, 16-year-old, was John 10, 10. And, and that's why I think I've preached on it every time I've ever preached. And I'm not preaching on that today, but it has to do with what, I ha- what I'm talking about. And it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is Jesus talking. And he says, but I have come, like, this is Jesus talking. And he says this sentence. 
I have come so that you may have life to the full and in abundance, and some versions say overflowing. If I walked up here and said, I've come for this reason, and then I go on YouTube later and look at everyone's responses and goes, Jeremy came for all sorts of these other reasons, I'd go, what? Did you not hear what I said? Do I have to get up there and say, I have come so that you may. And when, when I get online and I look at pastors and preaching and people's Facebooks and Instagrams and stories, you never hear that. You don't hear the good news. You don't hear about the life that he's come to give you. You don't hear about the abundance. In fact, when I look at social media, and I've, I'm preaching to myself here, but I'm also preaching to a frustration that I see, a frustration of my, the world around me and the people that the enemy seems to be influencing or, or not. I don't know. But it's this, when people reflect on the past, it's how they reflect on the past. It's how. Because I can take any story, any scenario, any situation, and both perspectives, I can give you two perspectives on it. They would both be true. I could go to pick a, a theme park, Disneyland, Disney World, Adventure, whatever it's called. I could go there and let's say someone planned an incredible trip and we go and I could give you two perspectives. No matter how much fun we have, I could come and go, man, the lines were long and I was hungry all day and I didn't want to eat, but because if I eat, then I'm going to throw up on the ride. And then we go in front of the line, there's this kid crying in front of me and he's just a brat. I'd never raise my kids that way. And, and then I sat there the whole time only to get in front of the line and the guy running the ride took a break after we waited an hour to get to the front. And you just wah, 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 wah. Whereas the person behind me goes, we got to go to Florida and we got to go to Disneyland and everywhere we went, there was mascots and heroes and things, people I saw that I loved and I was so excited. We got to wait in line and I met someone in line that actually shared something with me that changed my life. And then we finally got to the front of the line and, well, but didn't you wait in line and didn't you get stuck? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't know, I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know. This is the difference between people's experiences through life. They'll go through the same experience and one person who's living with a faith perspective won't really remember the negative. It's there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And so the person who's not living the faith perspective, oh man, they remember the details. They'll tell you and they'll post about it online and when they go and reflect about it, they'll share it with everybody and the first time you bump into them and talk with them, they gotta mention it. They gotta tell you because if they don't, you don't know how hard my life is. I, I, I wish I was joking, but this is, this is all too often stopping God from working in your life. And it's not that God is stopping, it's that you are stopping God's power from flowing through you. You are blocking his power from flowing through you. And he's waiting going, oh, and his power is available to you and it's there and he's come so you may have life to the full and in abundance and overflowing. But all you're overflowing with is you're complaining on social media and it's just pouring out of you. And, and, and if we don't stop doing that, we won't ever get to a place in our life where we continue to just build and grow and push and become immune. Because life's got stuff. Life is not for the faint-hearted. There's no question. I wrote a list of tragic things on my notes and I just tried to think as, as many tragic things as possible. And you might go, why? Because I just, everything. I went through, I, I listed divorce, sadness, loss, depression, finances, poor finances, debt. And I just kept going, going, how many can I think of? And I kept going, kept going, kept going. And then I went through the list and went, how many of these have I either been a part of or experienced through relationship of friends and people who have gone through these things? There wasn't one of them I haven't, haven't been a part of or associated to. 
Not one where I'm like, yeah, know somebody. Yeah, I've been through there. We've had loss, had this, had debt, had pain, had suffering, had, had, had. Everyone. And if we sat everyone up here and asked them, what have you been through? What's the worst stuff you've been through? The list would be huge. In fact, you might realize how small yours actually is. But the thing is, is life is not for the faint-hearted. So that's why when you go through the word of God, it says, I've come so that you may have life to the full. You may, it's up to you. I've given you all the keys to life and the power of God is within you. And, and, and this whole beautiful instruction manual has been handed to you to set you up for success. You know, the, the, the verse that I'm, I'm, I'm primarily, that just lit the fire in my heart is Proverbs 24, 16. You can go ahead and write it down, flip to it. How many people brought their Bibles? I forgot mine. <laughs> See your Bibles. Mine was in a room back there and I forgot it. So go ahead and flip to Proverbs 24, 16. It's an incredible verse, but the, <laughs> this is from the NLT and you might have any other version. I'll read two different versions here. It says, the godly may fall seven times, but they will get up eight. How? That's the premise I want to talk about. Eight? It's not talking about only eight. If the verse were to go on, it wouldn't say nine and then you're done. <laughs> It's the premise and the idea that you can become so immune to the garbage that will be thrown your way that you just get back up, you get back up, you get back up, you get back up, and nothing can touch you. Nothing. You can't. Most don't. If I'm being brutally honest with you, which you're getting a really honest side of me right now, that sounds weird. That sounds like I lie a lot. I don't. <laughs> I guess she'll tell you. <laughs> That's a weird thing we say. I'm going to be honest to you right now. It's like, well, do you always lie? Why do you have to say that? What a weird thing to say. <laughs> oh, gosh, what was I talking about? What? Yeah, thank you. Getting up eight times. Eight times. Lost it. I lost it. It'll come back to it. Maybe God was going, stop. Stop talking about that. In my life, this has been probably one of the greatest lessons in my life. And as I'm prepping a message on this thought, my mind, my human side keeps going, too basic, too basic. It's way too basic. But then all of a sudden I get reminded, I'm going, yeah, it's too basic, but it's sometimes the most basic things that people trip up on, thus missing everything else. So I know people who are scholars in the word. No verse is so much better than myself and they can recite it and they know it and it's head knowledge, but it's not heart knowledge. Leon would call this mental ascent. You got it all here, but no revelation here. None. There's nothing showing to, 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 to make a difference in your life. And this concept, if you get it, if you change it, if you allow Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, it will transform your life. You know, Tamara and I went through, I guess I'm talking fast. I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Tamara and I went through something that, was, that rocked our world in 2017 when my son was born. And... He was born, she gave birth to him, everything was normal. We came home and it was just, it was excellent. We were blessed, very, very blessed. Two days later, or a day or two later, she wakes me up early in the morning and I guess she had a crazy headache through the night that I didn't know about. And so um, she wakes me up and she's bawling her eyes out. She's unable to communicate she, that this headache was so intense and so, I'm obviously worried, trying to help her, trying to calm her down. But I realized very quickly something is seriously, seriously wrong. 
And so we're going, like, I'm praying over her, and she can't, she like, falls to the ground. Her legs aren't working anymore. She's incapacitated pretty much. And so I realized we got to go to, we got to go to the hospital. And so I call family, family rushes over to watch the kids. We get in the hospital, we go there. And as soon as they take her blood pressure, um, they, they see her blood pressure and it was through the roof to the point where we got 911 treatment off the charts. And essentially they got her blood pressure and they, the guy looks at me and goes, her blood pressure is so high. We are extremely concerned that she might stroke out. We got to figure out what's going on, why? And so we start going through this whole process and start to figure things out. And they try to get her on her blood pressure med, to which it doesn't work. They admit her into the hospital. We get to a place where it keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And, and they're trying one med after another, another after another. And the doctors keep coming in saying, we've got to get this down. If she doesn't, she could die. And, and, and I appreciate the bluntness, but also at the same time, you, you, it's terrifying. You're just scared, realizing I'm, I'm going to lose my wife. What's going to happen? And so fear began to creep into my mind, and I began to live in the moment of that, realizing, is she going to pass? Am I going to lose the love of my life? Am I going to lose my children's mother? Are we, gonna, we have a brand new baby. What am I going to do? How am I going to have a job? What are we, and my mind is going into the what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. The story began to go on and on and on and on. And long story short, they tried five or six different blood pressure meds. Nothing worked to which we're losing hope. I'm staying up every night reading Google, to which I don't recommend. Um, and so I'm losing sleep and losing my peace and losing it all and trying to help her breastfeed this brand new baby I handed to her and I'm so scared and tired and exhausted that I'm just literally shaking doing this. She looks at me and I'm trying to put on a brave face, but I'm, I'm destroyed. I'm wrecked inside and I'm trying to be the strength for her, but I'm scared at my core. And so then long story short, they put her on something called magnesium sulfate which um, was the only thing that seemed to bring her blood pressure down. And so the moment they did that, it was almost like a breath of fresh air to her where she was just, oh, you could see this, the, the stress kind of leave her body a bit. After a couple days of being on that, they realized this isn't the long-term solution. We've got to find a med that will bring her, Meg's, her, her blood pressure down and meg sulfates through an IV. And so um, to give you a long story short, all of a sudden she starts feeling funny and she actually, while breastfeeding Ellis, um, she was just, she was just feeling odd. And so I went to the bathroom to go get her some water and she's holding Ellis like this. And she looks at me and goes, Jeremy, I don't feel right. I feel funny. And then all of a sudden I look back at her and then she just goes into a, a grand mal seizure. And so I slide on the ground to, to grab Ellis and hold her from falling off the bed. And I'm just yelling help at the top of my lungs. So someone comes in. And so they came in, called a code, code blue and they do what they do best. And they did a fantastic job. And so I hold him and holding her and then they finally get her on the bed and so on and so on and so on extremely intense, only reinstilling the fear that I have, going, I might lose my wife. What is going on? And, and so as we began to gain ground on this, the doctors start to figure things out. We got her on a med that worked. We started to make many victories and there was many miracles and things started to work and doctors started to get impressed. What looked like an extremely grim situation started to improve. We started to kind of go, oh, thank you, Jesus. And Tamara's dad came in and kind of lifted our, 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 our faith up and said, okay, believe, pray, speak. Like I had lost that. I had lost the hope and faith perspective through this. And he came in and kind of reset us straight. And the greatest thing happened after he came. Grandma Jackie came to visit her grandson. And what happened there was wild because now that we were almost on the other side of it, things were peaceful, things were good. What we started to do was to do what I just did with you, was share that story. 
And we shared the pain, we shared the fear, we shared the doubts, we shared the details. And friends were visiting and they were doing it out of love and out of curiosity. We were sharing it with them. And I so happened to be sharing it with a friend when Grandma Jackie, what felt like, kicked the door down. She like came in. If, if you know Grandma Jackie, fantastic, but you had a lesson for you waiting all the time. And, and I'm grateful for that. And so she walks in that door with this authority and, and just, and I mean it, I can't even put it into picture for you. She just walks in with her presence and she goes, where's my grandson? Where's my grandson? And, she, and, and so she goes to grab Ellis and she's just kissing him and kissing him. And she knows all the junk we're going through. She didn't ask us. She didn't care. She, well, she cares, but she doesn't care to bring it up right there. She doesn't care to let us sit in it. But she overheard me sharing it with someone when she walked in the door. And then all of a sudden she looks at Tamara and she goes, how are you doing, sweetie? And so she does her loving stuff right there. Then all of a sudden she looks at me <laughs> and goes, you weren't just sharing that story, were you? And I was like, she's got to be talking to someone else. Because I feel like lasers are burning through my chest with her eyes. And I went, yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> and then she goes, don't you dare share that story again unless... It's through God's word, through the miracles, through the signs and wonders and the perspective of faith on that story. Because you had them, right? And, and she goes, you've had miracles through this story, have you not? Because I've heard them. And I went, yeah, we have. Why aren't you focusing on that? Why aren't you bringing that to the top? And, I, and it was kind of this moment where I'm going, yes, 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 you're totally right. And it was this sobering moment where she started to realize you've got, like she just preached to me and taught, pulled me aside quietly. She didn't embarrass me. She put me in place. She used her authority to put me in place. And thank God she did. Because it was a moment in my life that we've now vowed, not maybe formally, but we don't share this story anymore. Unless it's from the victories, the wins, because there's huge victories. In fact, the doctors, I'll share one with you right now. The doctor said she'd be on blood pressure meds for the rest of her life. She was only on it for, I think, 13 days. 13 days. It was incredible. We were praying, believing, declaring. And, and she started feeling funny on the blood pressure meds. We started taking her meds and they were way too low. So we're like, maybe we're having to wean off this. So we started trying to wean off it. Then we, we tried to do it. We call our doctor. He's like, yeah, maybe. And so we, take the, we get her off the meds and we start taking blood pressure and it's perfect. 120 over 80, 120 over 80, 120 over 80. And we're going, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And we could, this just kept happening. And so being cautious, we go to the doctor and check, and they're going, what? Like, they couldn't understand it. And so, this lesson, this idea, has shaped the way that I reflect on the past. Because how you reflect on your past will dictate, actually, how you walk out your future. How you reflect on it. Because your children are listening. Your friends are listening. Your grandchildren are listening. Your wife is listening. Your husband is listening to you and the way you speak. And how you talk about it will determine the culture of your home, the capacity of your children, the level of pain. And you know what I find funny? What's wild to me is that when, when you ask people about their, where their family comes from and their heritage, they'll tell you stories and legends. Like, I'm Icelandic. And man, you get my aunties talking about Iceland, man, something rises up out of them, which is wild. And, and like, it's, they, they, just, they just get so excited about it. And that happens for almost everyone, I find. Where are you from? We're from Germany. We're from whatever it is they might be talking about. And they are just excited. Ask them about their life and they'll tell you all the junk that's happening. Like, what? 
we have all the comforts and technology and everything in the world to make our life so great that they didn't have. I promise you those people had worse pains than you. I promise you. But the legends lived on. The greatness lived on. The victories lived on. And those are what we share. Why do we not do that in our own life? Why is it that we don't do that in our life? So when I read a verse like Proverbs 24, 16, it says the righteous may fall seven times, but get up eight. I see that as a, a victor. This is the victory that overcomes the world, the Bible says. The victory. I want to ask you, are you preaching victory? Is victory pouring out of you, out of the overflow of your life? Because it should be. It needs to be. And I want to give you a bunch of verses here. I want you to write these down because there's so many verses that started to pour out of my heart when I began to go through this. And, and, and this is one that's cool. And I've talked about this a lot, but I like to go into the detail of it. Psalm 23, verse 4. Can I get a new cup of water? This one's contaminated. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't get me a new cup of water. I'm blessed by it. Psalm 23, verses 4. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. Psalm 23, verses 4. <laughs> what an interesting verse. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are so close to death that you're in the shadow of it. And you're not running and you're not fleeing. It doesn't say, although I flee through the valley of the shadow of death. No. Although I walk. Walk is a symbol of calmness and peace. People who walk, in fact, are very happy people, I find. Like, hey, let's go for a walk. How, you're, you're quite a happy person to want to do that. We do it in our family. It's great. But sometimes I'm like, no, I want to sit. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. They're so secure in who's got their back, they don't care. Don't care one bit. I'm not trying to minimize your circumstances, situations. In fact, I guarantee you, they're hard. I know they're hard. By law statistics, I could just statistically break people up into what the probability of the problems you're dealing with are. But the greatest lesson I've learned from my father-in-law, Leon, was his incredible capacity for pain. It didn't bug him in the slightest. In fact, it was almost like a badge where he's like, yeah, I'm fine, no problem, let's go. We're standing through COVID and everything going on and we're working for a church that's for profit based on donations, everyone's losing their jobs and we're trying to figure out the mandate of God is to get the gospel out. How do we do that? And then he gets up in front of a staff meeting. I didn't mean to go here, but I'm going here. And he gets up in front of a staff meeting and looks at everyone and goes, against his CFO's recommendation, we need to lay people off we love them, we care for them, but we got to be wise. And he goes, we're laying no one off. Not one person will. Many of your jobs are deemed useless. So we're going to repurpose them. And you're going to phone people and pray for them. And we're going to find ways to give food to them. And we're going to find ways to get the gospel out. How does one do that? How? I'm currently in a position at the Miracle Channel as the CEO over there. And I'm telling you, in the position of leadership, it feels like you're in... in, in a poker game where all the chips are in the middle when you're in a position at the top. And people go, oh, must be great. <sighs> that tells me you've never been there. <laughs> Fun is not a word I would use to describe it often because of the weight of it. You make one wrong move, you might lose a couple people's jobs that you care for and love deeply. You maybe overcommit here and, and, and we might go under. 
Like there, there's so many th- landmines that you have to watch out for. And so when I, when, when I know what I know now and I reflect on the leader I watched do that, I'm going, wow, led by God at the highest level, no ands, ifs, or buts. Crystal clear to me. Where you can take that kind of boldness into a storm that's completely uncertain against the governing bodies trying to do their job as best we can. But guess what? Our job is the word of God. We answer to the word of God. We got to do what we got to do as wise as we can. And that's why I think we did it as wise as we could. And people disagree, whatever side you're on, we did the best we could as I hope you did too. But the point I'm making is the only way that you can go through a storm like that that's saying to you that it's going to shut your world down, it's going to end everything you know, and you go, I may fall seven, but I'm going to get up eight. The only way you can do that is through the word of God, transforming your heart, your imagination, and giving you a capacity. But most of us are blocked purely by our mouth and our fingers typing on the internet, reflecting on how bad it is. If you're going to do that, reflect on how good of a God is and how in the storm you got the peace and you got the victory and you got a win and God helped you out. Because something that amazes me, this time, is this offering a salvation too? Yeah, no, no, good. What amazes me is that the internet lives forever. When I'm writing something online, I'm going, my great-grandchildren will probably be able to pull these videos up and see me talk, reflect on this. Do I want them to hear what I'm about to say? Or should maybe I go pray about it and find another perspective? And I, 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 I'm not perfect. Trust me, she'll tell you. <laughs> There's some big laughter coming. <laughs> we know you're not perfect. <laughs> it's good. But I just want to live a life that when my family and my relationships look back, that they go, he was a God-fearing, God-loving man that did the best he could and lived as God told him to live. And that's what God wants for each of you. He believes in you. He sees you. In fact, a, a thought experiment that I do all the time. You know, before I go there, I'm going to share another story. A couple, what, this is about a month or so ago. I was on Talbot Avenue at the 7-Eleven right there. And I pull in there to go grab some stuff just at Sev, last minute. And so I jump in there. And as I'm pulling up, I see this young man, probably in my guess, a couple years younger than me. And he's sitting against the wall begging. And he's a couple years younger than me. And, and, and I, I, I can't explain really what happened to me because I might surprise you, but I got, it feels like holy, I got like a, almost a righteous anger. And I haven't really had that before where I, about something like that, I was like, I was so upset. I pulled in the car to the point where I had to sit in the car being like, if I talk to this guy, I'm going to tell him off. And I don't want to. But I'm going, why am I so fired up? And, and the only thing I could equate it to is like a righteous anger because I saw myself in him going, any of us could be him. Any of us could. And so I went to him and I walked up to him and I, kn- I kneeled down and I said, hey man, I said, how you doing? And he goes, uh, I've been better. And um, I said, is there anything I can do for you? And he goes, uh, some food or this. And uh, I said, yeah, sure, what do you want? And he goes, actually, 20 bucks would be great. I was like, okay, sounds good. I'll get you 20 bucks. So I go into the Sev. I go get a $20 gift card. I come back out, and I go to hand it to him. 
And again, I, I look him in the face and I hand it to him and I said, uh, hey man, what's your name? And he goes, my name's David. I said, David, I feel compelled to share with you something that maybe will throw you off. And he's like, what? And we're looking face to face. And I said, David, I want you to get angry with this. And he goes, what? I said, as I saw you, I got angry. Not at you, at this, at where you're at. And he goes, can I tell you something? Yeah, of course. He goes, my name's not David. And I went, why are we lying to each other? I just met you. (laughs) So that sidelined me a bit. And he goes, my name's Adam. And I said, well, it's nice to meet you, Adam. I said, why are you not David, even though you're introducing yourself as David? And he goes, because Adam would never let this happen. And I, and I, yeah, hit me like a ton of bricks. And, and I looked at him and I said, well, good. Why don't we forget about David? And why doesn't Adam get up and change his future? And then Adam goes, yeah, but I've done too much stuff. Do you see what, see what he was doing? His past is dictating how he steps into tomorrow. His intensity on how hard he's being on himself about the things he's done is stopping him from going boldly into the future. And we all do it, just on different levels. And so I began to tell him the good news of the gospel. And I said, what's his name again? Adam. <laughs> I almost said David. Adam, I said, Adam, you, I, I got to tell you that God's paid for every sin, that he designed and created you in his likeness and the image. I said, do you know Jesus Christ? And he goes, yeah, I do, I do, I do. Very cynical. Yeah, but I've seen all the realms, he says to me. And I'm going, Holy Spirit, what do I say to this? And, then, and he dropped the words into me. And all of a sudden I went, Adam, I don't care what realms you've seen. God's the creator of all the realms. He has created every single thing. And I said, and he created you. And he made you for greater than this. And I just want to come here to tell you that you're built for greater. You're built for more. You're not meant to be here and that your sins are gone, bought, and paid for. And he just looked me in the eyes with tears in his eyes and just said, thank you, thank you. And he was tears running down his cheeks. And I didn't pray the prayer of salvation with him. I, I was kind of wondering, maybe should I have? And I went, nope. It felt right to do that and leave it there. I hope I meet him again. And, and all I can say was the lesson I learned in that moment going, if, he, if I could reset his memory right now, he'd probably stand up going, what in the world am I doing here? Do you see, the, do you see what I mean? Is his reflection on the past. That's why when we get to the word of God and we be transformed by the renewing of our mind, which means to become something that you're not through God's word and that his divine power has been given to you, life and godliness. I I got so many verses that I haven't read to you yet that point to the fact that you've been designed, created, empowered, given, that this father God who loves you so much is just setting you up trying to set you free, trying to empower you constantly to a place so that when you screw up, because life is going to have screw ups, life's going to, the weight of life will hit you. When you do, that you don't let that dictate your future. You let God's past dictate your future. That Jesus on the cross paid for every sin in the past, present, and future, and that set the stage for your life. That set the stage for how confident you can walk into the future, and even knowing God You know what I've done. You know what I've screwed up. You know who I am. But I'm stepping into my future with you and who you made me to be. I want to say these verses because people say that I don't say verses, but I put it in my messages. I promise you. A couple verses here. Psalm 23, 4, as I mentioned to you before. 2 Peter 1, verses 3. And this is beautiful. 
His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he was granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption of this world. Another verse for you, 1 John 5, 4 from the Amplified. For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing persistent faith in Jesus the Son. I love how the Amplified says the continuing persistent. It does not back down. It falls seven times and gets up eight. Would you guys bow your heads? Lord, we just thank you for every person who's in this room. Holy Spirit, we ask you to just quiet our minds, quiet our hearts. Allow us, Holy Spirit, to be vulnerable here in a moment where we realize that you're wanting to help us. Lord God, we just pray right now that as we step into the future of uncertainty, of the unknowns and what we have done or not done or our failures or identity issues, whatever it might be, Holy Spirit, we ask you to change our identity to set us free from the bondage of the mistakes and issues and things we've done and to put on your identity, Lord God. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We give our future to you. We give our tomorrow to you. You know, with every head bowed, every eye closed, something we do every single week is we give an opportunity for, for non-believers to become believers. The Bible says in Romans that this, if you say with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose for you, that your name will be written in the book of life. It's just, I, I often try to visualize this because it's such an incredible picture in my mind. I, I was talking to my daughter about this and she's, she's quite brilliant. And, and she was asking me, Dad, like, when I'm, if we go to the gates of heaven, will you be there? Will you just like answer for me? <laughs> and I said, sweetie, as much as I'd love to, you're on your own. I said, but do you know what to say to the angel in front of you when they go, um, uh, excuse me, angel, um, my name is Sloan Prest and I'm here to come into heaven. What do you say to them when they say, oh, Sloan, do you qualify to be in here? What do you say? She goes, well, uh, yes. And then they say to you, Sloan, but you've done so many things wrong. You've sinned, you've missed the mark. What do you answer them? And she goes, well, I don't know. I told her, I said, the only answer you say is that Jesus qualifies me to get in. Yeah, but you've done all this wrong. But Jesus qualifies me to get in. He paid the price for my entry. And we just begin to sit in that. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to think about that. The fact that Jesus died on the cross for you, knowing that you would be created, knowing that you'd be alive for this time, knowing all the mistakes and flaws you made, but he still came to pay the price to make a way for you to get into heaven. And so I want to pray that prayer with you. We're all going to repeat after all together. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to get you to come up on stage or do anything funky like that, but we're going to pray together. So if you want to pray that prayer, would you look up and give me a quick wave and we'll pray with you. I'll start on this side here. Thank you. Thank you. Over here in the middle section. Thank you. I see that. Thank you. Awesome. Praise the Lord. It's hard to see. Awesome, over here on the left. If you want to pray that prayer, we're going to pray with you. Don't let fear guide you. Don't let that, I remember I was so nervous when I prayed this prayer. One last look around. 
Awesome. Awesome. Would everybody repeat after me? Say, dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Right now, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of everything I've done wrong. All of it. From today and on, I'm following you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give those people a big hand. Awesome.